We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker. And the 49ers come away with one, a close one, probably a little bit closer than the 49ers wanted it to be, a lot closer than the NFL world thought it was going to be. Um, I, it's hard for me to, because, you know, we had, a, we had our Chargers guest on earlier in the week, Steve. I... I don't know. I never felt super confident about this game for the 49ers. I did feel like they had the edge. I did feel like they were going to win, but I never felt like it was just going to be kind of a roll like a lot of people did. Maybe it should have been, but 49ers still come away, come away with a 22-16 to 16 win over the Los Angeles Chargers. A pretty tough game back and forth. A lot of punches exchanged. 49ers coming away with the uh, the more important ones to close out the game. 49ers with the strongest second half of football, you know, and, and the second half is for closers, the fourth quarter is for closers. And in terms of that, the 49ers were the ones to make that happen. And this goes uh, completely against, you know, we've, we've, we've given that Kyle Shanahan graphic a lot of run over uh, recent, recent podcasts, recent weeks. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the one about how he's done at uh, how he's done in the second half of games. When he's down since 2017, seven thirty. Since uh, down after the third quarter, four and thirty-one. Down uh, after the three third quarter, three plus one and thirty. So, and and we've given that a lot of burn. We've talked a little bit about that. Um, We talked about it on the guiltiest with with the guiltiest charge podcast, boys. Uh, We've talked about it on my own podcast, but uh, per pro football focus is Jeff Dini. The 49ers have won four of their last six regular season games from trailing at halftime. So this year's 49ers uh, have sort of uh, altered that narrative a bit, you know, at the very least started to turn it around because all of those stats are very damning and very, you know, definitive. Whereas, you know, they're starting to turn it around. So the last four, Four of their last regular season games trailing at halftime. 
you know, and that was the stat that on that other, I think the 49ers were seven and 30. And now as far as their last six games, they're four and six. So, and the 49ers were indeed trailing at halftime. They were down, I want to say 10 to 13. Let me get my, uh, let me get my breakdown here. Go to possessions at halftime. No, 16 to 10. They were down 16 to 10. Then the 49ers came out in the second half, uh, scored a field goal to uh, make it a three-point game. Uh, after In the second half, the 49ers were the only team to score points. The 49ers defense shut out. I should save that for my takeaways that I'm getting to, but 49ers defense shut out the Cardinals in the second half. The 49ers scored three points in the third quarter and 12 points in the fourth quarter to uh, – to pull away. So they went into halftime down 16 to 10 and ended up winning 22 to 16. So a pretty impressive second half of the 49ers, especially when you consider uh, that graphic and what Kyle Shanahan has had, had essentially made a habit of in the past, but no more, no more. All right, let's get into my takeaways so we can get into your takeaways. Let's, let's roll right through this thing. To me, the first takeaway is the offense still is not, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. I just I think that an offense, no matter what your opinion is, is of Jimmy Garoppolo. And um, one of the things I talked about on, with the uh, the Guilty as Charged podcast boys too. Uh, I'm pulling them up right now. Garoppolo stats. Okay, now we all know you know we watch every 49ers game. We don't necessarily need the stats to tell us the whole story. But when you look at the stats of Jimmy Garoppolo's season so far, he's playing quite well. He's completed 66. Uh, almost 67% of his passes for almost 1,700 yards, 11 touchdowns, four interceptions. You know, anytime you're anywhere near a three to one touchdown to interception ratio, you're doing pretty well. Um, he's averaging 8.1 yards per attempt, which is right about his average. You know, it's higher than 2020, um, just a tick lower than 2019, uh, a tick lower than, than last season. Um, but he's playing well, and and you know that that also accounts for how many touchdowns he had on the ground. He's he's been the uh, the beneficiary of quite the quarterback sneaks this this year. Let me see. I have to scroll down to his rushing. They don't even really have it on here because he's just not a rusher. Okay, here we go. Total touchdowns. No, give me the rushing touchdowns. He only has one. I don't know. Or is this game logs? No, it says for the twenty twenty two season, Jimmy Garoppolo only has one rushing touchdown. Is that correct? Uh, whatever. Maybe I'm just imagining more because the Jimmy Garoppolo sneak is just so effective. Uh, maybe that's that's on me. But anyways, point being, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing pretty well. And the offense is still underperforming despite having Christian McCaffrey. And now we'll talk about this in a little bit. Elijah Mitchell, a George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. Like that is in terms of personnel. And, and, you know, in terms of star power, you're looking at one of the best offenses in the NFL. Now, obviously, we know Jimmy Garoppolo is not one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and the 49ers don't have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, which right now is, is seems like every game is almost a, a Mike McGlinchey low light. Now, he, he's, to be fair, he's not getting beat nearly as often as it probably would seem, just given how people highlight his his mistakes. Um, but it does seem like McGlinchey getting worked is becoming a little, a little, a little too much of a trend. You know, uh, there's just too often. There's a clip on my Twitter right now tweeted by, by Chapman of when the 49ers are trying to score that touchdown down at the end of the game. And McGlinchey is supposed to block down on his man. 
and it just completely whipped on a, on a down block with the guy right in front of him. The guy just kind of steps to the right and then comes back to the left and completely makes Mike McGlinchey whiff. And that's not necessarily the reason they didn't score. It looked like Elijah Mitchell was stumbling anyways. But it was just it's just a horrible display of a relatively simple block for an offensive lineman. Down blocking is not hard. Down What a down blocking is essentially is you're the right tackle and you're blocking downwards down the line. Usually you're blocking the guy that's kind of either over the top of the, the left guard right next to him. Um, and he just completely whiffs him. Like it just is disgusting. And he got he got flagged for a holding call early in the game. Um, he got driven back by Khalil Mack straight into Jimmy Garoppolo on one snap. Now again, I, I I'm just I, I don't have any knowledge of all the good things he did in the game. But wh- we've always said about offensive linemen, whenever we're talking about how bad if if you're being talked about, you're doing something wrong. The the, the great offensive linemen, you know, yes, like Trent Williams, we've seen plenty of, plenty of Trent Williams highlights. But for the most part most part being a good offensive lineman is like a thankless job people just expect it kind of like field goal kicking but Mike McGlinchey's just been in the spotlight a little too much so anyways continuing on with the point the offense just doesn't feel like it's good enough and when you're deficient along the offensive line and in, in in some ways and your quarterback is just okay that can cause a lot of problems but you're looking at a rushing offense that was going against the absolute worst rush defense in the league and the 49ers only managed 3.8 yards per carry. Now that's not horrible. That would get that will get the job done. That is a first down every three plays if you're if you're going at it like that. But it it, it just is not what the 49ers needed it to be. Jimmy Garoppolo was just okay. He completed 68% of his passes for 240 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles. So took care of the ball was just I guess you could say rather un, unremarkable. He he actually made some pretty clutch throws on third downs in there. Uh, missed some throws, made some throws. KP, um, a friend of the podcast, should be the co-host, but you already know the story. Tweeted about it. Like at one point, Jimmy Garoppolo misses Debo Samuel on a relatively simple uh, crossing route over the field uh, to convert on first down, and then on the next to convert. It wasn't on third down, but it would have converted. And then the very next play, rolls to his right and makes some sick ass throw down the sideline to Ray Ray McLeod. That's significantly harder. Than the throw he just missed. So it's, you know, it's the Jimmy Garoppolo coaster. It's just, you never know what you're going to get. It's up, it's down, it's fast, it's slow, it's upside down, it's right side up. It, it's just, it's just life on the Jimmy Garoppolo coaster. It, it, it is what it is. Um, but in the end, it, it all contributes to an offense. It just seems like it's underperforming. Kyle Shanahan, uh, you know, he was, he had like second and goal at the one once in the very beginning of the game and once at the very end of the game. And uh, both times, he, he did have a reason for not going for it on third down. He said they lost yards on third down, so more like fourth and two on both occasions. Um, but it's just like, ugh, I don't know. I get it. On the goal line, fourth and two and fourth and one are two very different things. But it just seems like, and there were a few other things in there that I'm sure I'm, I'm leaving out, but Kyle Shanahan's still very conservative. And I think that his conservation sometimes – gets the 49ers in these positions to where they have to close out games in a pretty stressful manner. This this game was definitely stressful for the 49ers. The 49ers were only 2 of 5 in the red zone. That's not good enough. Um you know, like the the scene from Pirates of the Caribbean when they they haven't figured out how they're going to get Elizabeth Swan back and 
and he, you know, bam, that's not good enough. Anyways, I, I just watched. Never mind. Um, you've got Brandon Ayuk, who is seriously evolving into a, an outstanding receiver. Maybe he already was, but he had to work his way out of the doghouse. You know, caught six of seven, but the one he didn't catch for he caught six of seven for eighty for eighty four yards, but the one he didn't catch was a touchdown that he should have caught, and he ran a great route too. And then earlier in the game, now one thing I must kind of preface this by saying Ayuk did have a fumble, but Derwin I thought Derwin James put his helmet right on the ball and punched it out, but apparently uh, from a different angle it, it, he hit Brandon Ayuk right in the head. We'll get into that hypocrisy. Hypocritical, hypocritical. That's what I'm hypocritical. That's what I'm looking for. We'll get into that hypocritical, hypocritical bullshit in a little bit. Like the whole helmet to helmet thing. Y'all know where I'm going with that. So Brandon Ayuk had a fumble, dropped a touchdown, but still managed 84 yards. Uh, I, I don't know if if Debo Samuel is being, you know, if he's not getting open. Uh, that's hard to believe. Debo Samuel's an excellent route runner, but he did have six targets, but they only com- connected for two of them for 24 yards. And this comes after many weeks of Brandon Ayuk being far and away the target leader, far and away the most effective offense, uh, offensive weapon along the perimeter. So it's good to see him develop, but again, he coupled that with a fumble and a drop touchdown today. So more inconsistency from the offense. But Kyle Shanahan did say after the game, I am proud of these guys. I, I understand that our offense... Uh, didn't perform. He said, I was proud of our team today. I want to play better, blow people out and score every time we go. But those are the types of games. The chargers are really good at winning. We still found a way to win. So Kyle Shanahan knows that his offense is underperforming. They know that they're making things harder than themselves than they have to. And they've got to find a solution that it's just inexcusable to have this much talent and the offense not be firing on at least six out of eight cylinders. Right now, it seems like they're a V eight that just has, has the horsepower of a, of a four cylinder. And it just, it's just not working. It, you know, you're they're putting too much on the backs of the defense, which leads me to my next takeaway. The defense is good enough. Uh, the offense may not be good enough, but the defense for for damn sure is. Now, they kind of had to get their footing in the game. The Chargers came out. Uh, their offense was was doing everything they needed to do. And boom, scored a touchdown right out the gate. A uh, big play, a blown coverage uh, to Austin Eckler on like a Texas route. And then a blown coverage on a deep play. I think it was Telano Hufungo that thought he was passing it off to somebody else, but he was the guy back there. Who knows who screwed that up? Um, to DeAndre Carter, former 49ers player DeAndre Carter, Sac State, I believe. So the Chargers lead off with a touchdown. And then here's the rest of their drives for the entire rest of the game. Punt, field goal, punt, field goal. Well, let's and let's clarify this. Um, okay, this the their first punt, they started on their own 13. But then, or excuse me, punt, who cares? Field goal, they got it on the 49ers 32. This field goal, they got it on the 49ers 46. This is the offense setting the defense up for failure. And then the only field goal they got kind of earned themselves was right before the end of the half um, when they started on the 25-yard line. But I regress. So after that touchdown, the Chargers drives went punt, field goal, punt, field goal, field goal, punt, 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 downs, interception. That is a very impressive performance against still a, a decent offense for the Chargers, despite missing. Now, imagine if if they had Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. It would have been a this would have been a, a a different game. We'll just say that. But the defense did what they could do, 
and again, held the Chargers scoreless in the second half and to nothing other than field goals after that first drive. So a pretty solid performance from the defense. Nick Bosa just wrecks plays, dude. He just wrecks plays. His stat line, four total tackles, one sack, four quarterback quarterback hits, three tackles for loss. One of those tackles for loss was on a DeAndre Carter uh, kind of end around. And Nick Bosa jumps out and grabs him by the back of his shirts, two hands, and just drags him to the ground like, nope, you are not going anywhere. Uh, he's just, he's going to get paid so much money. He deserves it. Uh, nine and a half sacks on the season. Jordan Willis came back. He had four tackles, uh, one sack, two quarterback hits, and a tackle for loss. That was a good return for him. Uh, Charles Omenehu, I didn't get a chance to hear. Uh, it left the game with an injury. I didn't get a chance to hear what his injury was. I don't believe he returned. I didn't get a chance to see what his injury was from Kyle Shanahan. I could probably do some um, scrolling on Twitter, Twitter, Twitter while I'm talking just to kind of confirm that. But defense rose to the occasion. They were impressive. Um, they did what they had to do. Kyle, Matt Mayoko reported that the 49ers have no injuries to report from the game, but Kyle Shanahan said wide receiver Danny Gray rolled his ankle in pregame warm-up. So nothing more to report from Charles Omenahu. Um, walked off in their zone power. Um, Matt said he might have been hit in the uh, midsection, so we'll see. Uh, so, you know, looks like we're good there. Uh, looks like we're good there. So defense, Fred Warner was all over the field, man. He just, you could just, he just stands out. He had seven tackles, three pass breakups from a linebacker. That's silly. Uh, it just, he, he was, was moving. Um, and again, like we said on the, uh, on the podcast, he sets the tone. Fred Warner sets the tone. So, and then of course you can't really talk about the defense without talking about the uh, game ceiling interception from Talanoa Hufunga um, was right where he needed to be. Um, I think. Justin Herbert was trying to go deep down the left sideline. Nick Bosa got pressure on him and hit his arm, and the, the throw sailed towards the in, in, inwards, and Talano Hufunga was there and made a diving interception and kept the ball up off the turf. So super impressive play. Uh, my next takeaway is Dre Greenlaw's ejection, and I just I do not know what the NFL expects these players to do. And look, I get it. I, I understand that Dre Greenlaw's head hit Justin Herbert's head. So at a baseline, you, you've got what they define as a penalty. And, and that's fine. I get it. But ejecting a player as if he had done something intentional, when you look at that play, is just, it's a farce. And to me, like, I get that the penalty was thrown. I get why it was thrown. I get that it, it, it what happened happened. But I, I don't even hold Dre Greenlaw at fault. Like, you're, if you watch the play, um, Justin Herbert is running. He does not slide. He is a runner, supposedly, like every other player on the football field. He gets tackled from behind by Fred Warner, gets hit on the far side by Jimmy Ward as Dre Greenlaw is already lowering his hips and kind of or coiling up to make a tackle. And so in a matter of less than a second, Justin Herbert is hit by three people, Dre Greenlaw being the last one. Justin Herbert completely changes levels as he falls, and Dre Greenlaw, who looked like he was going to lower a shoulder right into Justin Herbert's shoulder, now is lowering a shoulder right into Justin Herbert's head. And you know, just given Justin Herbert's head lowers, now there's a target that's coming sooner than he thought Justin Herbert's shoulder slash chest was going to be. And the two make helmet-to-helmet contact. You could see Dre Greenlaw's eyes 
when the hit was made. So it wasn't like he just lowered his helmet and went crown straight into Justin Herbert's temple. It was just, and, and what's crazy is you're judging these plays in slow-mo. And I get that when it comes to something being inbounds or, you know, did he catch it? Did he not? But when you're talking about a hit that all went, bam, bam, bam. Like that's how fast, sorry if that was super loud on your headphones. I apologize. But in terms of how fast all those players hit Justin Herbert, bam, bam, bam. Like you're expecting Dre Greenlaw to know exactly where Justin Herbert's head is going to be the second he gets hit by Fred Warner and then Jimmy Ward and then himself. And it's like the hit by Jimmy Ward right before Dre Greenlaw's hit completely changed Justin Herbert's trajectory. So one, I, I like I said, I understand why you have to throw the flag because of what you saw. But it's just unrealistic to expect these football players to just completely change what their body is doing when they've already thrown themselves into a tackle. Like to effectively tackle in the NFL, you've got to, you know, lower your shoulder, drive your lower your hips, drive your feet, drive your shoulder. Like all these things had already happened. There was nothing Dre Greenlaw could do with his body anymore. So he hits Justin Herbert's head and is ejected from the game. And it's like, to me, ejection should be saved for a player that showed malice that was clearly trying to hurt somebody, like a player that throws his his head into a quarterback's head while the quarterback is sliding, something like that. But for three players to hit Justin Herbert all at the same time, Dre Greenlaw being the last, and you determining that that was intentional is just mind blowing to me. It's just not realistic. It, it you know, it was so clear that Greenlaw wasn't intending helmet to helmet. It looked like his eyes were up. His, he was trying to lead with his shoulder. And then, bam, it happened. And, oh, you're out. Sorry. It's just, it's not the, I, I just think it's not what the rule intended. Like, no no player was in, and, and what's crazy about this, just to cut myself off, is as the game went on, I saw plenty of players get hit helmet to helmet against runners, you know, whether it was Christian McCaffrey running the ball, Debo Samuel catching the ball, running the ball, whether it was any of the Chargers players running the ball. Players helmet to helmet each other all the time from different angles when you're making tackles, uh, whether it's one yard downfield or five yards downfield. The only difference was this is a quarterback who did not slide, who was treated like a runner. And so, you know, if you're going to act like you're this is about player safety, then be consistent and enforce it all the time, so much so that the entire NFL world is going to be completely annoyed by the penalty and it's going to go away and it's going to change. But don't enforce it in a rand like bam, 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 when three players all hit a player. Like it's just it's unrealistic. It's it can't be how the game is officiated when you're expecting a player to magically lift himself into a different direction after a player has been hit twice. It's it's just crazy. Even Kyle Shanahan afterwards said this. It kind of blew my mind. You know, he had no idea that a player would be ejected for that. And Chris Collinsworth in the broadcast said, look, it's I get it, but it's kind of unfair to Dre Greenlaw when he when Justin Herbert gets hit by Jimmy Ward right before he hits him, which completely changes the direction that Herbert's traveling and the the levels that he operating in that. And even the uh, the rules guy agreed with him. So it, it's just it's just stupid. And, and it's. They need to figure out how to enforce that rule without just expecting, without just imposing these unrealistic expectations on how a player plays. It's a it's a rule written by people that didn't play, you know. Like, and I would never say somebody doesn't know what they're talking about because they didn't play. But in order for you to understand the physics at, at work in that moment, right then, and how fast everything happens, like 
you, if somebody had that experience, they would understand that there was absolutely nothing Dre Greenlaw could do at that point, short of just magically in his mind, knowing that there was a chance that he could hit Justin Herbert in the head. So I'm just not going to attempt this this tackle. Too risky, which is stupid. Maybe that's what the NFL wants because you're going to have more defenders pulling up on tackles and maybe more points get scored. But whatever. And Dre Greenlaw is going to get fined too. So, yeah, it's stupid. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It's stupid. Anyways, moving on to something more positive. The tandem of... Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell looks encouraging. Elijah Mitchell's first game back outsnapped, out outrushed Christian McCaffrey. I wouldn't necessarily say outsnapped because Christian McCaffrey had four catches to uh, Elijah Mitchell's one. Maybe he outsnapped him. I'm not sure. But uh, Elijah Mitchell had 18 carries for 89 yards. He averaged a very solid 4.9 yards per carry. Christian McCaffrey had 14 carries for 38 yards, only averaged 2.7 yards per carry. Uh, nothing about the, what Christian McCaffrey was doing seemed like he was just less effective. He just seemed like he got the luck of the draw and the fact that the plays he was running were not as effective. Like we never saw Christian McCaffrey just botch a run, I guess you could say. So, um, Debo Samuel had four carries for 27 yards at 6.8 yards a pop. But again, I'm focusing on Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey. They combined for 32 carries. Um, at right around four yard, three point eight yards a pop, and then Christian McCaffrey added another four catches for thirty nine yards. Elijah Mitchell added one for 
negative one yards. But hey, we're not judging you for that, Eli. But uh, those two together, Eli Elijah Mitchell looked good, and the, uh, it's a good sign that he got that many carries. The 49ers must be confident in how healthy he is, and I really, really like um, those two together. I like what they bring. Elijah Mitchell is quick, but he, he runs hard. He runs downhill, and he, I think he's a good complement to what McCaffrey does. And if the 49ers can keep splitting those pretty effectively, uh, I think that that's going to help them win games a lot. I mean, they had 41 carries. 41 carries. Uh, that that. It, goes over that magic 35-carry number that we used to talk about what the 49ers needed to win. So I'm excited about what uh, McCaffrey and Mitchell can do together. I think that they're going to be uh, pretty solid. And at the very least, if you want Christian McCaffrey to be the guy, as he probably should be, um, Elijah Mitchell gives you a very good running back to rest McCaffrey. So that should be encouraging. Just running through some of the base stats, uh, I mean, this one's pretty eye-popping. The Chargers had 12 first downs. The 49ers had 22. The Chargers only managed 6 of 16 on third down. The 49ers, 9 of 17. Um, big difference there. Uh, the 49ers had 387 yards to the Chargers, 238. Um, the 49ers gained an average of 5.5 yards per play. The Chargers, 4.3. Rushing yards, whew, here's a doozy. Chargers, 51. 49ers, 157. Ouch. Uh, and even on passing, Chargers, 187. 49ers, 230. 49ers had five penalties for 52 yards. The Chargers, only one for five. Yeah, I'm sure that's realistic. Mitch Wisnowski had a really tough game. Four punts uh, for only a 33-yard average, but he did pin the Chargers on the one-yard line, which was followed by one of the most ridiculous discussions I've heard on live TV about the fact that Chance Womack like stood there for a second and then took a little couple little steps back and then should have been a touchback and it was like it's dumb. He only kept walking back because the whistle had been blown, which you can see the guy doing on the sideline. Anyways, uh, 49ers definitely controlled the time of possession. Um, 37 minutes to the uh, the Chargers 30 23. All right, let's get to your takeaways. Um, let's roll down here. Let me. Find them on my Twitter profile. I don't remember where, because remember, I, I got to decide if I start from the top or from the bottom. Um, that's what she said. But here we go. Let's just start from the top, because I'm seeing Michael McVay right there. We're starting with you, Mike. Let's do it. The first half was not fun. Agreed. Need touchdowns, not field goals. Agreed. In order to secure wins better. Yeah, when you're playing a better team, the field goals just aren't going to hang. We saw what that did against the Chiefs. I'm glad they stepped up in the second half, and the defense was, as usual, was outstanding. Mike, we're on the same page, man. We talked about it. I agree. I agree. Uh, just needs more aggressive. Omar Fig, let's go, Omar. I love you, man. Solid win against a solid team. See you in Mexico next Monday, Arizona Cardinals. Yep, yep. That'll be an exciting game. Um, more 49ers fans will be there, I assume. I think 49ers fans will, will, will edge the Cardinals there in Mexico. I don't know. Arizona connects to Mexico, too, doesn't it? I don't know, man. That's tough. We'll see. We'll see. But that's going to be a cool game. 49ers in Mexico against the Cardinals. Technically, it's one of the Cardinals' home games, too. So the 49ers got lucky there. All right. So, grass. See, we're still on the takeaways, dude. You, your, your stuff hasn't gotten shuffled into some weird inbox. Um, still feels like an underperformance for the offense. 100%. My first takeaway. Averages more than a touchdown less per game than 2019. Yeah, that's in terms of averages, that's significant. Bosa is a wrecking ball. Yep, great to see the defense get some of its fight back, even against a shorthanded Chargers offense. Also horrible officiating. Yes, yes, it was. 
Um, he added one on here. Jimmy was really good tonight for the most part. Big boy throw to Ayuk on that third down late. Uh, I agree, man. I mean, it's the offense is underperforming. When you think of who's on that squad, they should be doing quite a bit more. They sh- they should be doing a lot more. And and so I agree. It's it is it's something that needs to change. And I'm not sure what it's going to take. Uh, it just seems like Kyle Shanahan struggles to uh, to pull this out. Big boy throw to I also Jimmy was really good tonight for the most part. Big boy throw to Ayuk on the third down late. Yeah, that that throw from from Jimmy Garoppolo completely under pressure. Ayuk got open really quickly for like a ten yard route. Jimmy Garoppolo put it on him. Good anticipation throw. Ayuk brought it down and that and then he dragged a defender to about the two yard line. I loved watching that. Pro football leaks. Debo and Kittle should be more involved. Also, are we really pulling out fullback on third and goal from the one? Oh, well, like pulling our fullback? Like you mean like like Juice wasn't on the play? Wasn't out there? Uh, I didn't see that, but I mean, obviously I wouldn't agree with it. I think that anytime you're you're trying to gain yards, the fullback needs to be out there. Debo and Kittle should be more in- involved. That's a great point. I do feel like Kittle is, is definitely needs to be more involved. He only had two targets and one catch for 21 yards. That's kind of inexcusable when you have a George Kittle. I mean, I get it. Like we said, the 49ers also have Debo Samuel. Jawan Jennings was a third down machine tonight. Man, what a game for him. And you have Brandon Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey. You've got all these targets. But I just feel like Kittle should get more than that. But uh, I Kittle was involved in the last win against the Rams. So maybe it was just one of those off games. But Kittle should never be not involved. I, I, I guess is a better way to put it. Stuart Wexler, important feeling out game for Kyle in the offense. Yes, there are weapons. Yes, there are. Can take a bit. Can take a bit for their all to gel. Yeah, but other than Christian McCaffrey, they've already been together. You know, like they should be gelling for both the players and the play caller. Now they have a game under their belt and some good tape. Expect improvement versus Arizona. I hope so. Arizona's defense is playing decent football, and uh, well, Kyler Murray was out against the Rams today, but I'm assuming he'll be back next week. Uh, it was just a hamstring, so I'm assuming he'll be back. Jeffrey Clay, Jeffrey K. Lyles, Lyles Movie Files. I just love saying that. Lyles Movie Files. I need a show called Lyles Movie Files, like Garmin San Diego. Like I just feel like a theme song like that. Lyles Movie Files, something like that. Come on, guys, deal with me here. Um, this was a game against a plucky team we lost earlier this year. Still want to see more killer instinct, but I'll happily enjoy win week. Let's go. That's a good way of putting it, Lyles. It could have been better. The 49ers need to be better, but you should still enjoy your win week. I love it. Uh, Milo, some of the run plays after the two-minute warning gave me heart attacks. <laughs> I mean, some of them were good. Some of them were bad. It was a little weird. Like the 49ers. Uh, I think it just became clear that the 49ers were going to run the ball and the Chargers kind of sold out to do it. And the 49ers should have ran the ball. They're trying to kill the clock. So it was just a weird, weird 49ers offense today. Very streaky, very up and down. Chris Wall, this team is still underperforming given its talent. I agree. This team still doesn't come off a bye well. They didn't really. I mean, they got a win, but yeah, I can, you could say they didn't come off the bye well. Elijah is as good as we remember, those that didn't forget. You know, I, I don't see why anybody would forget uh, the leading rusher last season. D'Amico is good at adjusting. Damn right he is. I mean, the Chargers had that first touchdown, and then it was basic straps ever since. And like we said, two of those field goals that the Chargers got were set up by the 49ers offense. Um, you know, Brandon Ayuk's fumble, and what was the other one? How did, the, how did they get the ball on the other one? 
they have they have a drive, one drive starting at the 49ers 32. I think that was the Brandon Ayuk fumble. And they have another one at the 46. How'd they get there? Anyways, I'll figure it out later. I should know, but again, overload. Kev is having uh Kev is having his 316th Joker origin story in 22. Man, I love starting to recognize the name in the takeaways. That makes me so happy that we just have people participating and I'm like getting to know y'all. Um, red zone offense continues to be horrendous. Yes, two of five today in the red zone. It's a mix of Kyle's play calling and also the players not executing. Yeah, that would explain um, Brandon Ayuk's drop tuck, you know. Also, there was one drive where Elijah ran twice and got like eight and six yards and Kyle calls three straight passes and it's a punt. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that, that uh, and, uh, outwardly it seems like you can question Kyle Shanahan's play calling. Because the Chargers, like we said, were the worst run defense against the run in the NFL. And if you're getting eight and six yards and Elijah Mitchell's averaging 4.9 yards per carry, then just keep going and call it until they can stop. So I agree with you, Kevin, on that. Larry Barton, can Kyle please just get a killer instinct and finish teams? I know we won, but I'm tired of feeling like I'm having a heart attack every game. Oh, man, I feel that from from my core. I, I, I had a tweet. Um, somebody, when I, I, when I tweeted about Talanoa Hufunga's game ceiling interception, somebody replied to it and just said, thank fuck. And so I, I quote tweeted that saying, explain this game in one tweet, because I just thought that was perfect. Maddie B, uh, thank you for the thank fuck. Anyways, let's keep going. Uh, great stuff, Larry Barton. EDR, just two thoughts. I guess a healthy Chargers team wouldn't be scoreless in the second half. Uh, I think that's probably a safe bet, too. How is it possible to not have Kittle in a Kelsey-type routes at times? Understand understood his importance in the run game, but one catch, I completely agree. And that's the thing that I, when I when I see the way, and I love Travis Kelsey's game. He is so good, so smooth, so reliable. Um but I feel like that George Kittle would be doing all the same things Kelsey's doing in that offense. It, or here's a better way of saying it, because I don't want to take anything away from Travis Kelsey. That dude deserves to be where he's at, number one. But it just seems like the 49ers never put Kittle in a Kelsey-type situation. Like you said, Kelsey-type route. So, yeah, it is a little weird. It, it is weird. And I don't have the answer. Nelson Tilling, again, honest question. Do NFL teams practice at night? For a night game, um, I would I would have to think they do. I mean, all of training camp is done during the day. The team's schedule usually has been practicing during the day. Um, I don't know. That's a good question, but you would hope so. Why not pr- have all your practices at night on the week you're going to play in a night game? You know, I, I don't know. That's a great question, Derek Bush. We need a new special teams coach. Man, it was weird. The special teams started out strong, but I guarantee you, in most of the metrics right now, they are pretty poor. Um, but I mean, yeah, pretty poor. They need to, they need to seriously find some type of special teams prodigy and pay him a lot of money. Caleb Summerfield. Hey, that's a, let's see. Uh, in, not intriguing. That's the wrong word. It's a fun name to say Caleb Summerfield. It just sounds like you should be a baseball player making at least 10 mil a year. Caleb Summerfield. Something about Shanahan makes his offense look difficult to sustain success and be consistently good, but get the win. Nonetheless, uh, I agree, man. I mean, uh, even when the win doesn't come, it always seems like the offense is difficult to sustain success and be consistently good. It's weird. You would think this offense would be putting up like 40 points. And I understand that Jimmy Garoppolo is not that type of quarterback, but 
the way the offense functions, you'd think they'd be able to twist that into into production still. Aaron Bukowski fixed the red zone. I agree, man. Like we said, two of five today. Uh, I guess three of five isn't as bad if you count Brandon Ayuk just catching that pass, but you can't just change the bad things that happen and say they're good. But I agree, man. I agree, Aaron. John, this team is hard to watch sometimes. You know what? From the first drive, how the game is going to go. I feel like there is some credibility to that. I feel like like you just get a immediate sense of the vibes, and you're like, oh, no, here we go. I agree. Chico Monreal. 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 Chico Monreal. F1 driver. Red zone play calling was bad. I mean, they didn't produce, so maybe it was. Need to score more than 22 and Kittle and Debo out of witness protection. Otherwise, yay. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that I, I think it comes down to that right there, Rich, Rich Lucido, is they need to score more than 22. Like, that. I don't give a shit. Kyle Shanahan's the one with the answers. They need to score more than 22. Babyface bans. Kyle Shanahan can't score points with these weapons. Very alarming. Agreed. We're talking about it. Davey T. Davey T. Need this offense to look better. Are you guys seeing a trend? Because I, I agree. Niners dogs. Why can't Kyle close out games? I mean, he did close out this game, but I understand what you mean in the fact that he didn't shut this game down. Like the 49ers feel like they should have won 35 to whatever, 35 to 16, but it just they just can't. It's it's it is alarming. It alarming. Babyface band said it. Niner, that was Niners dogs. Uh, Adrian Leal, this team has to stop starting so, so seriously. It's frustrating, which is funny because you would think the plays that Kyle Shanahan scripted up based off more than a week's worth of film uh, film watching because they had a bye, that would be their best place. But they marched down the field and kicked a field goal and then didn't score a touchdown until the end of the second half. It's, it's weird. Uh, Kittle, number one pass catching online. <laughs> Kittle, the number one pass catching O lineman. That's his name. I love that. So many huge third downs converted this game. I need a pacemaker. Yeah, the 49ers did pretty well on third down. Uh, they had their faults, but there were some exciting ones in there. Like I said, Juwan Jennings, crazy throw from crazy throws from Jimmy Garoppolo. And he included a gift that says, I'm literally like having a heart attack right now. Uh, DJ Cabral, Chargers played hard. The O line still concerns me on the right side. You should be concerned. I agree. Bill Miller, red wave did not happen. I don't know what you mean, Bill. Like, you mean like the 49ers fans didn't show up? Like there were a lot of Chargers fans there? Or the 49ers didn't storm, uh, you know, wave over the top of the Chargers? I, I don't know what you mean, but I feel like you just mean the 49ers didn't dominate like they should have. Vic, 559, let's go. Fresno. All these, like, <laughs> Fresno. Like, Fresno is a cool city. It's okay. Uh, all these weapons in the red zone offense absolutely blows. Yep. Yep. Yes, it does. Anonymous, throw the ball to Kittlemore. He's one of the top tight ends. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, Santi, Santi, this is an ugly win, but a win. A healthy Chargers, and we lose. I think there's some. I think there's some credibility to that. I think. I think there's some truth to that. Travis Jenkins, Kyle is as soft as a premium down pillow. I don't like down pillows. I'm kind of allergic to down feathers. So, fuck them down pillows. Um. Give me a give me a different type of pillow so I'm not sneezing all night. Well done, Travis. Uh, Mike McVeigh coming over with one last one. Also, Greenlaw should never have been injected. Bullshit call. Yep, yep, correct, 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 correct. All right. So 
that's the end of the takeaways. We're right at like 40 minutes. Everything worked out. But hey, I, I, I understand there's a little bit of trepidation coming at it out of that win. And it's completely understandable. But the 49ers did get the win. They moved to 5-4. and four. So they officially have a winning record. I believe Matt Mayoko. God, man. Matt Mayoko is just a, a, a freaking pro, man. I love that guy. I mean, he's, he's cool as, as, as a cucumber in person, too. All the 49ers beat writers are, man. It's such a cool room to be in when I'm there. Um, NFC West standings. Let's leave it with that. Poor Matt Mayoko through 10 weeks. Um, the Seahawks are 6-4 and four and 2-1 and one in the division. The 49ers are 5-4 and four and 3-0 and oh in the division. Cardinals are 4-6 and 1-3 and and in the division. And Rams are 3-6, and 1-3 in the division. And so, you know, big... Uh, <clears throat> Big game coming up next week. The Seahawks have a bye week, so the 49ers, if they beat the Cardinals, they go to 4-0 in the division, and their records are tied with the Seahawks. They would both be at 6-0, but the 6-4, but the 49ers would have a division record and the immediate tiebreaker having beaten the Seahawks. Remember? Now, the Seahawks are like considered a good team now. And the 49ers didn't held them to zero offensive points. Um so huge game. I mean, obviously divisional matchups are always huge, but the 49ers the 49ers matchup on Monday is uniquely huge um, against the uh, the Cardinals to take command of the division, take first place. So big game, big game, big game. All right. I appreciate everybody. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Again, I say it every time, but I'm going to say it every time. If you are listening right now, you are the reason that this pod has had success. And I appreciate that immensely. Um, it's on you. It, it, it's not because of me. It's on you. Hopefully you guys enjoy the guest this week. Um, I will try to have guests more often. And, you know, even when I do get the co-host figured out, uh, I'm still going to try and have guests more often. You guys deserve that. But anyways, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please download. Please subscribe. Please pass it on to your friends. Please, if you feel us worthy of a positive review, jump on there and leave us a review. Um, uh, those are always appreciated. I do check those. So they're cool to see. But and you're in no way obligated to you just keep listening i appreciate you but for another week you already know what we got to do it's it's that time i'm rob this is striking gold and we're signing out this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.